Yeah. We are back for another episode of the Stressed Out Podcast with my co-host, Matt Jones. What up, what up, what up? Sipping on some agua. Sipping on some agua, some Niagara. Niagara? However you say it. So today we are uh, talking about um, anxiety and dating along with being stressed out. This is a stressed out podcast, so we're going to touch on all those topics of uh, basically being stressed out while you're in a relationship or married or whatnot. And we have the Facebook live stream going on, so we're going to get some questions from the viewers. Absolutely. Yeah. Which, uh, obviously, this is a great way for us to be able to just dump our shit on everybody. It's like we're on <laughs> Freud's couch, and we're just, you know, ranting about what bothers us. But I feel like everybody wants that outlet. And the fact of just being able to, like, talk about, like, will be like, man, this is what's going on with me this week. Just makes people feel better in general, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, anxiety and dating, being stressed out and dating. Um. Relationships, period. They're going yeah, yeah. to stress you the fuck out. I know. <laughs> it's weird because it's like, it's almost like, I sometimes just wish I could make myself asexual to where I didn't even, <laughs> where I didn't need anything. Like I was just one of those fishes that like just reproduce on their own because like it's like. Like a starfish, you just cut yourself in half and you, yeah. you got another mat. Absolutely, because it's like sometimes just dating, it's like too stressful. Like especially you like somebody a lot, and then once you get to know them, it's just it starts to suck sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean. You realize that everybody has baggage, and then you have to, their baggage becomes your baggage. Yeah, but if they're fine enough, you'll be like, fuck the baggage. (laughs) But after a while, that even kind of wears off, you know what I mean? Like a carton of milk. Like it can only last for so long. Like have you ever dated a girl and you dated her for the totally wrong reasons, and then when you, it, that whole, like, attraction phase wore off, you're just like, I can't take this anymore. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think um, everybody has dated somebody that they were like, yeah, man, I'm dating her because she got a big booty. <laughs> yeah. I'm dating her because she fine as hell. <laughs> and, bro, after a while, uh, that fine shit wears the hell off, for real, man. Like, uh, My uncle always told me this. He said, no matter how fine a girl is, there's some guy somewhere tired of her shit. <laughs> oh, absolutely, dude. I remember my last relationship, I was like, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to get tired of her. But then as we talked earlier, I saw the way like every all the women in the house like treated her dad. And then I was like, this is what's going to happen to me. I'm exactly. going to end up with a bowl cut wearing khaki jeans and tennis shoes. Exactly. Yeah, man. I mean, um, I'm never going to let a girl change me. Um not going to let any relationship take me out of who I am because then you, like, lose yourself. Oh, yeah. And those are the people you're like, oh, damn, he was happy as hell. <laughs> they got three kids. They got a nice house. They got a nice car. Like, why did he kill his wife in the middle of the night? <laughs> you know? <laughs> his posture starts changing, and he just starts dressing, like, exactly. very, very, you know, as you would say, a stepdad. <laughs> He starts getting that stepdad thing. That is the ultimate thing of a defeated man. Yeah. Sneakers with khakis. Yeah. Like, or, or as we were talking about earlier, shopping. No, no. And, in the South, bro, uh, the defeat is when they wear church shoes with everything. Oh, church shoes with everything. <laughs> Dude, my dad wears those. My dad, I can tell, he's just fuming inwardly. He's like, son, let's not do that. And he wears, like, church shoes with every single outfit. 
and you can tell that he's always holding back rage. Absolutely, man. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Do you are, do you, you get along with your girlfriend right now pretty well? Yeah, we're pretty dope, man. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm busy as hell, so. Yeah, so you don't have to be home that often. The busier you are, the better your relationship's going to be. Oh, yeah, because it's like, otherwise, if you're just sitting at home and you're yeah. roommates with somebody, you really start to, like, hate that person. Exactly. Like, I don't understand how these women date these dudes who don't have jobs or they, they don't do anything all day but sit at home and play Xbox. Oh, yeah, I don't either, dude. They sit at home in their boxes, play Xbox, eat hot Cheetos all day. Oh, dude, yeah. <laughs> and you can just see the Cheeto crumbs on their face. Right. Yeah, man. Or you'll be that dad where, uh, you know, you, you got some relationships I know, especially me growing up, uh, you would see, like, families going out, and the dad would always be at home, probably, like, drinking Budweiser. Oh, yeah. <laughs> dude, my friend, his dad was like that. He was that guy who never took off his hat because he yeah. was bald. And yeah. it's like, dude, we all know you're bald. You're showering with, like, a with like a Cubs hat on. Yeah, and he had long hair, and yeah. he was bald on top, but he would cover it up. But he was just always drinking Michelob Ultra in his recliner. You don't want to be like Al Bundy. He hated his wife. <laughs> <laughs> I know, dude. That's what happens to you. You just to have me around here walking around. I'm a shoe salesman and hate to go home. You just you know you're in a bad relationship where you hope you crash on the way to your house. Oh yeah, dude. That's the way my last relationship was. I would see jagged rocks and I would just want to run the side of my face on those rocks like Matt, near the end. Matt's last relationship was the funniest, man. I tell you, bro. Um, dude, she stressed me out, man. Yeah, and she, I put up with it for a long time. Matt was on the verge of jumping off the Hollywood sign. Oh yeah, dude. I'd see some guy that was holding up traffic on the 101 who was getting ready to commit suicide and I'd be like, I get it, buddy. And be like, I'll be there in like three months if I don't get out of this. Yeah. That's when you know a relationship just turns toxic. It's done. When you start, like, you forget what it is you're even arguing about. There was one time she made me so crazy, I just, I felt like my soul was trying to leave my body. Yeah. Or, or you know, it's done also when, like, they say something to you. It's like, ah, where you want? You know, you just, <laughs> like, you just, your face just get ugly when they say. <laughs> Yeah, you just start to get annoyed when they say your name. Yeah. The hell this fuck you want. How many how many relationships have you been in in LA? Oh, well, since you've been out here. Jeez, maybe like five. I mean, I don't five? I, four. I'm like five, five? Four or five. I don't count girls who I dated for like a month, you know what I mean? So yeah. It's like uh, if I date a girl, I don't know, bro. Some girls call that a relationship like I dated a girl for like two weeks, and she uh, told this other girl. This, she told this other girl not to talk to me. She was like, "Yeah, we used to date," and I'm like, "We went on like two dates, and I find out you were crazy as hell." Yeah. <laughs> How'd you find out? Uh, because she was jealous of my career. Oh yeah. yeah so. I remember my that's 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 kryptonite, especially yeah. when you're pursuing a career. I remember my mom because my mom like if she didn't like like a girl she back well do you think she's trying to sabotage your career that's right. like the best way to set up a detonator in your son's mind like I got to get rid of her exactly and it's like um, it's like um, I don't know bro I, I can't date in the industry you can't date another girl who's in the industry nah so yeah, yeah let's we'll see if any of our uh, Facebook viewers have anything that uh, stress them out about uh, relationships you guys can type you know, in the bottom, or any questions you have uh, that we can answer on air, and you can uh, hear your question answered. So if you have any um, questions about being stressed out in a relationship or questions, why do guys do this, why do 
girls do that. We'll try our best to answer them uh, on the air. Uh, just type it down in the box. I'll try to answer as uh, many as I can. Yeah, dude. I think that's like the number one stressor, like point blank period. It, it's like there's nothing worse too than like seeing, a, 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 like from a dude's perspective, like a guy who's just totally, totally, totally like ran through you know, like you're talking about Al Bundy. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> I get scared when I see, like, the guy. You ever meet, like, that middle-aged guy who's just, like, afraid to, like, say anything or, like, talk or anything because he's been, like, com- like he's been conditioned by his wife just Absolutely. to be so domesticated? Absolutely, yeah. He's dressing, you know, he just starts wearing Tommy Bahama. That's, like, the <laughs> official shirt of, like, 50-year-olds is, like, Tommy Bahama shirts. Hawaiian T-shirts? It's a wrap. Once you start wearing those Hawaiian shirts looking like you're ready to board a cruise ship, just, it's over with. <laughs> uh, that's when you should jump off the Hollywood sign. That's also a Midwestern and Southern thing, though, too. I don't see very many 50-year-olds in L.A. doing that. But mm. 50-year-olds in L.A. dress like, you know what I mean? Whatever age you move here, you stay the same age because there's no seasons. Yeah, that's that's very true. Yes. Dude. There's no seasons here, so you don't mm-hmm. even know you turn another year old. I know. I'm going to be wearing Kiss Army t-shirts and jean jackets till I'm 70. So we have a viewer who said uh, most guys that she meet, uh, she's older, and they have young kids with baby mama drama. Baby mama drama. I, I, um, I'm a baby daddy. I'm not with my baby mama. And uh, if I can honestly say if the guy doesn't control the situation, there will be a lot of baby mama drama. You know what I mean? Because... Mm-hmm. I mean, naturally, instinctively, a girl, more so than a guy, doesn't want to see their baby daddy with another chick because it's like, oh, I know he's going to have my daughter around her and she's going to be stepmom and she might be a better mom than me. I, I really don't know. I don't know what... I don't know, bro. But Yeah, I think maybe from my guess would be from a girl's perspective is that girl is always going to be in your life. And she Mm -hmm. thinks that like, Oh, because you have a kid with her that you're always going to have this connection with her. Right. right. Or, or, you know what I mean? It's like just the, the chance that you guys might rekindle something because you have a kid together. I think that's like the biggest fear. But as you get older, dude, you kind of just stop caring. I'm not even going to say like, I would never be with a girl who like, it cheats on me or anything like that, but you kind of just stop worrying about like who that person's been with or like, you know what I mean? Like whenever like you're in your like early twenties, you're like super insecure, like over how many guys like a girl's been with or something. Mm -hmm. Then you just kind of like stop caring, you know? And I think you're just kind of like, ah, this is who you are now. It's like, I'm just going to deal with it or I'm not going to deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. And and a lot of females, uh, like our listeners just said, females use babies as pawns. (laughs) Social clout. Yeah. Well, as a pawn against a guy, like, oh, if you don't, if you're going to have my baby around that, that chick, you ain't going to have it this weekend. I've been through all that. You know what I'm saying? Dude, that would drive me crazy. It's like Mel Gibson, whenever he's like, have you seen the movie Ransom? Yeah. Where they're like holding his son Ransom? That would be, that would piss me off, dude. Do you get really irritated at like your... I mean, when my daughter was very young I went through a lot of crazy shit with my baby mama and then you 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 just have to be the bigger person and kill him with kindness it's like I'm not about to argue with you I'm not about to look like a fool with you or you just like alright since we're not adult enough to do this we're just gonna have to get 
the 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 system involved, the people, like black people. So right. you don't get the people involved. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta you, go. Yeah, the we, authorities. <laughs> you know, so it's like uh, you can't kidnap your own kids. So it's like right. The mom's always gonna have, unless you can prove that she's negligent. She's always gonna have the upper hand in um, most custody battles, child support hearings. Oh, dude, you know how many twelve step groups that I've been to where there's like a guy with his hair sticking up and he's like, "She won't let me see my kids," and then he's going crazy. That sucks, man. That that really sucks. Women, I don't know, bro. They think that. See, it's like this. I'm a. I wasn't gonna let my baby mama stopping me stop me from seeing my daughter at all. You know what I mean? But if you're dealing with a weak guy, you know, uh, one who has no backbone, it can deter that guy from wanting to even deal with that child. So it's like you you mess with him for a whole year, you know, like from, from the time the baby's born until the baby's a year. You give him all kind of trouble and you, you make it hard for him to get his baby and you're like, oh, this, oh, that, whatever, whatever. And then maybe after that year, he's like, fuck it. I, I'm i not going to deal with you or the baby. You're that bad, you know. So she's actually doing more harm to the baby than she thinks she's doing to the guy. Yeah, yeah. Because the baby's going to grow up and then just have, like, all these different things. Right. I don't think people realize, dude, how much of a responsibility it is to be a parent. Like, sometimes I almost think... Not that I want to make it, like, all, like, Orwellian and scary, but sometimes I almost want to be, like, you should have to fill out a license. Like, they should put, like, some sort of, like, a a girdle or something, like, some kind of thing that's going to keep you from just getting somebody pregnant. Because it's, like, the reason why we have anxiety is because adults screwed us up in some way, shape, or form. And it's, like, nobody has a perfect upbringing, but damn, like, some people shouldn't be having kids. Not at all. It's like this, bro. You have to go through... An interview process to get a foster kid, but you don't have to interview for your own kid. Some people don't even have a uh, acceptable living conditions to bring a kid. No, not at all, dude. They're like adult children. Yeah. So I don't. I think they're. Uh, I mean, I hate to bring up like communist countries like China, where they like regulate everything. But some yeah. people should not be allowed to have more than two kids. I mean, I know. It's like you should do some sort of an IQ test or just <laughs> emotional intelligence test. Yeah. Like, what do you do if your son accidentally spills on a drink on the floor? And if, like, some guy in camo and a beard's like, you smack him? <laughs> it's like, okay, he can't have more than one. I've never whooped my daughter, and she listens to me. Yeah. Uh, that's I where parents get it confused, I mean, you know? My, my parents are like, oh, you know... Uh, you should definitely, you know, whoop your kid and this, that, and the other. And I'm like, we're from the South. We're from the conservative South. Oh, yeah. And to me, that's like slave master mentality. You know, like, if, yeah. if you don't do right, we're going to whoop you, boy. It's like, it's I'm like this with my daughter. Maybe a son would be different, but if I were to whoop my daughter, I feel like I would be setting her up to have other girl, other guys down the line beat her. Because it's like I have to, I have to administer punishment, and then after that punishment is done, she's supposed to come love me and kiss me and all that. Dude, I never even thought about that. That's actually super insightful. That makes so, a lot of sense. It's like I'm setting her up down the line, where if a guy whoops her ass, 
after that's done, she's supposed to go and hug him and kiss him and act like everything's all right. Yeah. That's what I can't whoop my daughter, bro. That, yeah, she's gonna be dr- she's gonna be hanging out with some guy like that's Blair and Ted Nugent, you know what I mean? And just like you know, I hope my daughter does not date a guy who she'll date a white food. guy who wears Fubu. She might date a white guy, but he <laughs> who better wears Fubu. If she dates a white guy, he better be a real white guy. He, oh. better, he better not be one of these young thug uh, Lil Wayne white guys. Yeah, those. I want him to be authentic white. You know what I'm saying? Okay, be, and, and be honest, because you know you can be honest with me, because we've been friends for seven years. Would you be a little pissed, just like a little, little pissed, if your daughter dated a white guy? Would you Would you be like a little like? Mm. Nah, not at all. You want all. it? No, not at all. No, because uh, yeah. honestly, dude, uh, I didn't really have a black girlfriend until I got to high school. Yeah, I went to all white schools pretty much, so. Uh, I, yeah. I can't fault my daughter for... For whoever she wants yeah. to date, yeah. I mean, attraction is attraction, whether he's white, black, you know. As long as he's not Asian. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> he can be Asian. That means he's going to get free Jordans and Nikes. <laughs> I love some Jordans and Nikes. <laughs> Dude, I do too, man. I actually just started getting back into Jordans like yeah. two years ago, but I remember you made fun of me. You're like, look at Matt. And he's like, he's got Jordans on. <laughs> But the Jordans that I have, they're like, they they look like I like robbed some kid from like the ball pit at Chuck E. Cheese, like because they're like these nineteen nineties looking like multicolored Jordans. But I still do love those shoes, dude. Yes. Well, it, you wear team Jordans. You got to get retro. Next time you want to buy some J's, hit me up. I'm gonna take it, so you can go and be yeah. my consultant. Yeah. Uh, we have a um, a listener saying at the end of the day. At the end of it all, love has no color. And that's very damn true. Very, that's very true, true. Ebony Queen. Very true. Ebony Queen. Love has no color. Love has no color. That's why when uh, black guys get on, they go get them a white woman. <laughs> 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 because love has no color. <laughs> so I don't want to hear these black girls all mad because uh, a lot of these black guys have these uh, white wives. It, the reason why I asked, dude, is because a lot of people. As stupid as it can be, a lot of people have really strong opinions on that, even if they say that they don't. Like, I mean, when I used to be with my ex, and I've dated girls that are, like, twice my size. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like, I, I like if I see a girl that's as skinny as me, I'm like, that's disgusting. Right, yeah. You, you like know, thick women, Matt. I do. Yeah, I Matt, like thick girls. Matt is, like, 125 soaking wet, you know, but he likes thick women. He's yeah. Like, I, want, uh, I want to be able to fit in some girl's purse, you know? That's what I want. But, like, you know, you have to be careful who you say thick to. Because if you say that to a white girl, she'll get, like, an idea. She'll be like, like, no, well, no, no. A, a, a white girl, she's like, he likes thick women. And it'll be, like, some girl that's, like, the size of a bed mattress, you know. And then she'll be like, I heard you like thick women. And then I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know, bro. If you tell, uh, you, if you, so, I don't, now booties are in style. Kim Kardashian has made booties become, they're in style because. Did she really, did she really bring it back? Like, is that well, really as, who. as far as, like. The, the non-black race, you know, because... Right, right, right. In the black community, bo- booties have always been... Have always been in, dude. You know, it's always been a thing. And I remember when I was in high school, and we would tell white girls, like, damn, girl, you got a fat ass. You know what I'm saying? Or uh-huh. a big booty. They'd be like, no, that's disgusting. And it's like, what do you mean that's disgusting? Dude, like, you know? <laughs> I, I've heard white guys that still do say that. I have a friend. He's a, he's, he's, uh, he's a dude. He's, he's a Jewish dude who just dates Asian girls, but he's like... He's like, yeah, he's like, I like a girl with a small booty. 
And then I'm just like, dude, that's weird. And that's because he me. has a small penis. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess you know what I mean. It's like if you want to you want to find the right key holder, but still, right. it's like that's what a lot of people do think. I think a lot of girls, if they if they're always dating like super small women, that's what goes through a lot of girls' head. That's what I've Absolutely, been told. Bro. You Absolutely, know? yeah. Um, I mean, and I'm a big guy, and. Uh, do you I, like smaller women or do you like bigger women? I like all women. I don't like. I prefer yeah. a thicker girl. Yeah. But I've had a lot of girls that are you know thick girls that have come to me and be like, uh, I know you don't like thick girls. You probably like skinny women, huh? Like I like all women. Like I don't want you the same size as me. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah you know, like, <laughs> this uh, is the same thing with uh, what I said. Me and you together not finna be fucking up no box springs. You know? <laughs> no mattress. Yeah, you have to buy a new mattress. Every you had day. to sleep on the floor. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you know. Uh, all women, bro. All women are beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Except you know, some like in some places of the swamps of Louisiana where they can't hear this, anyways. <laughs> Dude, I've seen. You know how many girls that I have seen? I can't say all women are beautiful because I've seen a lot of women in the ninety-nine cent store who look like a stand-in for Dog the Bounty Hunter. <laughs> Dude, like you, have you been inside of a ninety-nine cent store in a bad neighborhood in LA? I haven't been in a ninety-nine cent store in six years since I've been out here bro oh dude I still go in there sometimes to get vegetables and I'm sure it's doing the same effects as like Agent Orange on me because oh, you might like, as well smoke crack if you're buying vegetables in vegetable the vegetable in store it's the same effect right a funny guy has a joke about that about how uh, Lenny Shelton yeah he talks about how at the 99 cent store you can only get brands that the 99 cent store sells like he didn't know Lionel Richie had <laughs> oh, pancakes. pancakes I've heard him <laughs> say that before that's funny yeah, dude, it definitely it definitely draws like a certain kind of person. Like in the ninety nine cent store, it's. I remember I went in one one time and they were playing on the loudspeaker. Remember that song "Ball with the Ball" by Kid Rock? Ball with the ball. My name is Kid. And it was all these Latin mothers that were just pushing their babies in a stroller, and it was blaring Kid Rock just super loud through the ninety nine cent store. And I was like, dude, I just gotta hurry up and become a millionaire so I never have to come back to this shit again. <laughs> That's pretty damn funny. Now, Matt, I want to ask you, because you've dated across the spectrum as well as I have. Like, I've dated all races of women. And people might not take it well coming from me, and I'll put my input on it uh, as soon as you finish. Do you think dating a black woman, a woman of color, is a little more challenging? I'm not going to say difficult. Is a little more challenging than dating a white lady? I think it just really depends, dude, to be honest with you. I do think that um, i got to be careful so I don't get myself in trouble. <laughs> nah, bro, you good. You <laughs> no, good, man. No, I, uh, I think, like, sometimes black women can be, like, a little more demanding. Yeah. But I kind of like the upfrontness yeah. of it. Do you know what I mean? Like, right. I like – here's the thing, okay? I've noticed that when a girl's also demanding, she's, like, a little more motherly, mm-hmm. too, I'm not saying that I'm, like, attracted to my mom. I'm right. saying, like, more motherly, like, like let's say I have, like, ketchup on the corner of my lip. Like, if a girl's a little more demanding, she might, like, wipe that off. And right. since my mom babied me, mm-hmm. I think a lot of times what you look for in a mate is your first view. And you can change that, but it's, like, your first view of, of a dad, of mom, of whatever. So I've found <coughs> in a lot of ways, like, black women to be more, like, motherly, n- motherly towards nurturing. me. Nurturing towards me. But then at the same token, I've gotten stressed out in the sense to where it's like, I don't like too much being required of me. When I'm in a relationship, I'm still not done being selfish. Like, I'm 
focused on what I want to be focused on. And when, like, a girl is, like, constantly telling me, like, you need to be able to do this, you need to be able to do that, like, at first I'll be okay with it and I'll, like, agree with it. But then I, like, build up, like, this rage. So it's almost like it's a weird paradox, like, to where it's, like, I kind of want a girl who is kind of demanding, but then at the same token, it's, like, when she's too demanding, it drives me crazy. So it's, like, I'm kind of all over the place, honestly, dude. That's why my relationships probably don't last long. You know? And also, you're in the industry, bro. We're both yeah. If if you can date a girl for a year in this industry, you're doing good. Like, yeah. Because in order to be successful, it's going to require crazy ass hours. Mm-hmm. As you yeah. know, we've we've driven to San Diego to do a show and maybe get paid ten dollars. Yeah. And, and to come back at two or three o'clock in the morning. If you don't have the right girl, she's not going to understand that. And it's yeah. like, well, yeah, right. What? It's like, yeah, what do what, what you either get it or you don't, and everybody yeah. thinks they do. I heard a thing from John Bon Jovi one time. He said that he came home and his kids were like, "Who the hell is this guy?" Like his own kids and his wife and everything. He yeah. did end up getting a divorce, but like they they gave him that look. And it's like that's why it's not really you're not really living the best life for a family. Like you're not going to be like this great family dad. Yeah. Who's you're not gonna have the devotion of a stepdad who stepped and, in. And you know? you know, and you know what's crazy, bro. A lot of people might not agree with me on this, but my, my baby mama likes to call me a part time daddy because we're not together. So that's kind of her way of like throwing shade. You know right, right. That's her way of being. Yeah. But honestly, I feel like um, the co parenting works better for me because I'm in the industry. You, what do you mean by co-parenting? Like to where she's with her so, mom sometimes, and she's with you. Yeah. Sometimes. So my daughter might like. Yeah. My daughter might come with me if I'm not busy. She might come. I might get her Thursday and have it to like Wednesday. Uh huh. That's better for me because during that time, normally I try to devote my whole day to her. Right. As opposed to if we stay together, I'm out every night, and I come home the next week. And I got shows in L.A., you know what I'm saying? Or um, I'm going out of town for, like, five days, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, when I do get my daughter, my whole time is devoted to her. To her. I think as long, dude, as – and this is just me going out on a whim, but I almost think as long as you're present when you're present, that's ten times more than if you're around all the time and you're not present. True. You know what I mean? Because I uh, – you know, there's there's a lot of parents out there who they're, like, around all the time, mm-hmm. but they're not really paying attention. There's a reason, whether we want to admit it or not, that we became comedians. Like, exactly. emotion. I think somebody – I've heard somebody call it emotional stripping, <laughs> which is kind of what it is. There's a reason because, you become yeah. – because your parents did something wrong. I love my parents. I love them to death. But, you know, I mean, the thing about it is is I'm not being, like, that little, like, brat who's blaming his mom and dad – I mean, everybody has something wrong, but still, Absolutely. you know what I mean. Like, so if you're if you're with her when you're with her, that's like ten times more than anything. Yeah, you know. Bro, and um, <laughs> that's funny you say that. Oh, Lakita, one of our listeners said, "I'm a great dad. Don't let anyone take that away." <laughs> I, I, I thank you. I, I know I'm a great dad. I don't. Yeah. My baby mama can't say she can't. She can't. Um, she, there's nothing anyone can say to take anything away from my parents' skills. No, dude, you're a good dad. 
My daughter's very attached. I've taken my daughter to auditions and paid because my daughter's so attached to me. She doesn't like a babysitter. Like she starts crying. Mm-hmm. I've paid people to sit in the waiting room with my daughter while I I audition. Yeah, just so she can be with me the whole time. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. I take her on set with me, and I take her anywhere I can. I would have brought her to this podcast, but you know, <laughs> she yeah, did, she wanted to be the star of the show. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, I think that's you, you are a good dad, dude. I just I I think sometimes being a dad, it like actually is like the best way to be able to just oh you're flicking that fly. Yeah, fly. I know it pisses me off too. Anytime <laughs> I see like a bug, I get stressed out. Yeah. Speaking of stressed out podcast, ugh. Um, <laughs> there's this bug in here. I I always I've always said I'm like oh, I can't be a parent. I can't be, but I think it's you, it's just one of those if things. Have the, if you have a kid, yeah. it'll just happen. You're never you're never ready. You're never ready. Yeah, a kid conditions you. I never had patience. Mm-hmm. My kid taught me patience. Right. I think it makes you just a better person. Yeah. I can't Whether stand, you, like I can listen to my daughter cry all night, all day. Not saying she will cry all day, but if I hear a kid. Anybody else's kid cry for five seconds. I'm like, shut that damn baby up. <laughs> yeah. But if my daughter were to start crying right now, it wouldn't even bother me. I'd be like, what's wrong, babe? You know, but like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 one of those things you only know until you actually have a kid. Exactly. Like for me, I'm like, it's probably not my cup of tea. But, you know, I know that I'll probably have kids eventually. I'm afraid I'm going to be like an old dad, dude. By the time they're like playing t-ball i'm gonna have like you know like an oxygen tank or something because it's well, like you know that's if i can control it that's you know? normally what white people do dude we wait till we have like a 401k yeah. and everything else you know what i mean it's like <laughs> i mean i live in van nuys dude i don't want to raise my kid next <laughs> to all those cholos with like paco jeans you know <laughs> white people wait till they're like 45 to have kids then they wonder why their kids are all jacked up it's yeah like their kids are school shooters yeah. and have like a cross eye it's like your sperm is bad that's why your kids. <laughs> yeah, I know. Black people don't have Asperger's. <laughs> it is very true, dude. They really don't. They really don't. I, I don't, really do I think it's know. because we do wait yeah, a w- long time. They wait until their sperm is bad. I don't know one black kid with Asperger's or Tourette's. Well, I'll say this. White guys do that. Like, a lot of girls feel like they have, like, a biological clock that's ticking that if it doesn't happen by the time they're 35. Oh, yeah. Like, guys are totally fine with being like, I'll wait till I'm 60. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'll be dead, you know, by the time it, like he starts becoming rebellious. You know what I mean? <laughs> by the time he's 16, good luck, kid. You're on your own. Exactly. My um, my mom had me later on in life. She had me at um, 29. 29? That's still, you know. But that's uh, that's old in yeah. some black people's eyes, you know, because they're having kids like 18, 19. Like I have a bunch of friends who had kids in high school, right out of high school. I didn't have my daughter until I was, what, 25? And now mm-hmm. she's two. So it's like... um. That's old, like my, like my mom said. Most of her friends had their kids like at before they were twenty three, but my mom having me at twenty nine, I had everything. Like, dude, I had every. It's not old, but it's old in the eyes of some mm-hmm. people. You know, I had everything, bro. Like, I never had to wonder, like, am I gonna come home to a hot meal, and will I have money for the book fair? Um, you know. Oh, dude, that's funny you bring that up, the book fair. That's funny you bring that up, dude, the book fair, because I remember there would always be that one kid uh, who was like, it was Nick Birch at our school, and he'd be like, all oh, the preppy kids, his parents are going to buy him books from the book fair. 
And I remember he was like throwing shade on everybody because there was this book that all these little kids were arguing about. It was a Goosebumps book. Remember Goosebumps? Goosebumps, R.L. Stein. R.L. Stein, great, great <laughs> writer up there with Leo Tolstoy. Yeah. Um, you opened this Goosebump book and there was an audio thing in there and it would scream. I remember that. You, would, you, you remember that? Yeah. And I remember all the kids were arguing over who was going to get it first, but then there were the parents whose there were the kids whose parents didn't have enough money for the book fair, and they'd be like, "Yeah," and they, you could see the the anger setting in. If you don't have money for the book fair as a little kid, I don't know what it's like now. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, see, that's but, the thing, bro. Like in life, my daughter's never going to feel left out of anything. You know? Yeah, I went to a, I was fortunate enough to go to a school where ninety nine percent of the parents were well off. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um. So, I didn't see that. You know, I chose to start going to, like, public schools later on in life. But early on in life, dude, all I saw was people getting dropped off by nannies and people getting dropped off in Benzes, you know, and every kid getting what they want. So, I didn't really see that until I got to, like, high school, middle school, kids are getting free lunch. I'm like, what is free lunch? You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. But, dude, that comes with its own struggles, too, though. You know what I mean? Like when when people when people get too much, there's also the kids can end up psycho yeah. too. You know, but, so it's a that, fine balance. That can be devastating, bro. Like, not saying you give a kid everything they want, but the whole class is going to a bookstore and one kid is possibly walking away oh, without a book. Yeah, yeah, that's that's yeah, that's definitely I don't, sucks. Like, I I feel like parents should always have something available for their kid. Like. Everything my daughter has, she goes to school at two. She's been going to school since she was like eight, 18 months. She's about to be three. But everything she has at her school, whether it's a fundraiser, any you know, any little thing. Yeah. My mom, you know, my mom doesn't even live in Cali, but she's in Georgia. My mom and my family, they buy like $100 worth of stuff. And they don't even care if they get the stuff. It's just to support or, you know, like if... My baby mama hit me up. She's like, hey, Yuri has this at her school. All right, cool. I'll send you $20. Uh-huh. So it's like my daughter's always going to have something, you know? Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, and you really think about it, dude. Like, it, kids, it all adds up. But the stuff you want when you're a little kid isn't really that expensive. Like, whenever I was a little kid, I wanted a Jurassic Park backpack dude, so bad. it's expensive as hell now, Is bro. it? Because a Jurassic went, Park backpack, I don't know what it was back in the day, but it couldn't have been that expensive. A freaking trapper keeper is going to hire your self-esteem? How much did those damn things cost? Bro, my daughter, I took her to Target the other day. Thank God my mom bought it, but I was like, what the hell? We went to Target. My daughter had three toys. Do you know these three, to- three toys came up to $120? What? Dude, Bro, what were they? She had a Paw Patrol. It was just figurines in a car. That was forty nine ninety nine. Okay, you you, you bought her the, the the vans and stuff that no, the characters no, ride no, no, in. No, 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 it was just the little plastic figurines. So the little Paw Patrol things in one little car like this big was forty nine ninety nine. Oh my gosh! And I was like, "What the hell, dude?" I used to buy wrestling men. You remember the wrestling man? Oh, dude, yeah, with like, the wrestling ring and everything. Yeah, you know, Hulk Hogan, Honky Tonk Man. Dude, for fifty bucks when we were kids, you could buy like ten wrestling men. And the wrestling ring. Yeah. For 50 bucks. Yeah. Or you can get a yo-yo. You get like five yo-yo. <laughs> Dude, you can literally, yeah, I remember there was the Omega yo-yos. Yes. Remember those? They would spin on command. Yep. And there was like, if you were good at that, you were like the biggest badass. Yeah. Like the, the kid who was so good at that, 
I remember everybody used to make fun of him because he couldn't read, and then he showed how everybody how good he was at yo-yos, and all of a sudden that just evaporated all of that. Yeah. You know, speaking of little kids being horrible people, <laughs> you know what I mean? Making fun of somebody because they can't read. Right. You know, they're they're like Nazis, dude. Little kids, evil, evil people. Dude, I remember. Hopefully, your daughter isn't a bully or is isn't bullied or bully or a bully. The light up yo-yos were the best. Yeah, they the light up yo-yos yes. were badass. I had a brain yo-yo. Remember the brain? Yo-yo? I remember the brain. Yeah, the Omega. Yeah, the yeah. Omega brain. Duncan. Um, I'm gonna tell you how bad my school was, bro. I'm not gonna name any names because they might be listening. A kid from London came to our school. Uh huh. He was smart as hell. Very. Of smart. course, because he's from London. Yeah, they don't have TV, so. Uh, yeah, yeah, they read <laughs> they more. Fo- they focus on education. Yeah. Pogs, yeah, Pogs. It's a third world brother. country. So, um, this kid, he was Indian, and, you know, teaching about ethnicity, you don't have to look a certain way to come from London, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. A lot of Indians live in London. Yeah. So, um, this this kid, I cannot remember his name, but he came to our school, and he thought he was so smart, like, and bro, during playtime, this group of guys, because my school was strictly, like, black and white. Mm-hmm. We had yeah. We had a, a couple of Asians like Kazuma Masuda, Yumi Kanamori, and Iori. And um, outside of that, it was black and white. Um, but they took this kid. We, it was during Fall Festival. They had a. <laughs> they had the bells of hay stacked up for the Fall Festival. Uh-huh. And they told him that we had a clubhouse back there. They took him behind that hay and beat his ass. What the. <laughs> Bro, in the next week, he was gone from our school, bro. Just to tell you how mean kids are. like, Dude, you, and they don't even realize it. It's <laughs> like, how are you such an asshole? <laughs> exactly, bro. Dude, that's crazy. We had these rednecks at our school that started a gang, right? And they were just trying to be... What they called the cousin fuckers? <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. They just pulled up in like a flatbed truck with like wood encased around it. And then there was just like pit bulls barking. Pit bull, by the way is, like, the official dog in, like, my hometown. Like, all these rednecks have pit bulls, and they're, like, wow. just obsessed with them. I'm, like, firmly convinced they're, like, having sex with them on a waterbed. Waterbeds are white bro. trash, too. What? Pit bulls are normally associated with the hood, but do you know pit bulls? And, and rednecks, too. Yes, but pit bulls were bred in London, and they were fought in London before they ever were brought to America. So they're bred to fight. They're bred right. to fight, yeah. You know, people get very defensive, dude. I put a tweet out one day, and I said, this has been gotten one of the worst reactions I've gotten. I said, no one who owns a pit bull is crushing life. <laughs> and people, there were people who flipped. I had people <laughs> sending me messages. Like, and there was, there was a guy, and he's a white dude, and he was like, he was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, dude, I'm from the South. And he goes, people pull over to the side of the road to tell me how gorgeous my pit bull is. <laughs> and I'm just like, dude, it's a joke. But it's like people get very defensive about that dog, and I didn't even realize it. <coughs> like people yeah, are yeah. very passionately. Well, in this world, people care more about pets than they do people. Because it requires no vulnerability. Pe- like, pets aren't going to hurt you. PETA, I'm sure, is more powerful than the NAACP. Oh, yeah, dude. Easily. I mean, I cry in a movie when a dog dies. <laughs> Old yeller. Yeah. That's the first time I've seen a dog die. Oh, yeah, dude. When it got like... When they had to put him down because he had rabies. We should make. <laughs> we should rewrite like a movie called Old Yeller, the the uh, the director's cut, where he actually just infects the whole family with rabies. <laughs> <laughs> they don't funny. put him down. <laughs> I want to make like a black version of, uh, of Forrest, Old Yeller. No, Forrest Gump. Of Forrest Gump. Yeah. 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 You should, dude. Yeah, bro, that'd be funny. 
because Forrest Gump. Oh, dude, remember, dude, Bubba from Forrest Gump. That that was a movie death that messed me up. Where he's like, I want to go. I want to go home. <laughs> dude, that guy's a great actor, but he's playing Bubba in every single movie. He was in ATL too. He was in Fences, and he played yeah, he played yeah. another. They had him playing another retarded guy, and I was uh-huh. like, dude, this guy is crushing the retarded role. <laughs> Like, he's a great actor. He's I don't just, think that's uh, politically correct anymore to say retarded. Um, I don't know what you I say. I think it's like a developmentally disadvantaged. It, yeah, it's something that's like requires <laughs> a lot of thought, you know, just to be able to say that. Because it's like, there was, yeah, so I've had, people get very up in arms about that. I feel like political correctness, like, and I know this is like not an original thought, everybody's mm-hmm. talking about this, but don't you feel like, it really affects art because it's like just let people show you who they are if they're not care. Well, you you know you what, know you know what messed me up, bro. What about being politically correct is when uh, Cam Newton lost his uh, sponsor because he said, "I think it's funny that a female's talking about routes." Yeah, Maybe and like, people freaked out. It is like can't say female. Can't say this. You can't say that. Like oh, I don't know. I know, man. You it, know what it is, bro? It's this everybody gets a trophy uh, world that we live in now. Even if you lose, you get a trophy. Like, no, you're a loser. You're not getting the trophy. I know. It's not teaching you how to handle adversity. If you're not first, you're last. Ever seen, yeah, <laughs> Talladega Nights. Ever seen a kid who got everything and then was told that he was great and you see what a piece of shit he becomes when he's an adult? Yeah, you can see him uh, at uh, 10 o'clock at the comedy store. <laughs> <laughs> But they do yeah. have like a lot of privileged kids uh, do do stand up, and you can tell it in their stand up. Wait, wait, you, are you seeing a lot of stand ups are privileged, or like the you can no, tell who's saying, privileged I, in stand up? When by, I watch stand up, I can tell who who's privileged based on their stand up because uh, they don't know how to accept rejection. Oh yeah, yeah, dude. Like to be like this is part of it, and it's like. You need to be rejected early in your life to be able to understand anything, dude. Like Absolutely. business, entrepreneurial stuff. Dude, I'm sure you were super rejected as a little kid, and that's what made you funny. The same thing with me, too, dude. I can't even I can't even go into it. Stuff that my granddaddy crazy. told me when I was a kid, I don't even think it's legal anymore. Dude, I <laughs> and, think and, a and lot it, of... It made me what I am today. Like, if, if I would have just had my mom raising me without the help of my granddad, I'd probably be one of these kids that I'm talking about, you know. But fortunately, I had my grandfather, and he was like uh, the median. So anything my mom did to spoil me, he tried to undo it. Right. Yeah, that makes sense, man. I remember whenever I was like, uh, like I I love my dad to death, but my dad would say things. Like he'd whisper in my ear if I was acting up, he'd be like, everybody's judging you. (laughs) Like, dude, you know how how, how screwed up that is to to tell, like, a little kid? Like, he'd be like, everybody's looking at you and and, and talking about you. Like, do you know what kind of complex that gives you, like, later in life to where, like, it, you know, like, it almost makes you, like, paranoid crackhead energy. You know what I mean? Like, there's just certain things, I think, that, like, and also, too, we're kind of the generation that's sort of been, like, okay, like, that's not, like, really that good. Like, our parents you look at how they say they were raised and it's no wonder like they'd be like yeah if I slept past 5 a.m. my dad would staple me to a tree he said it built character and it's like that's not normal you know like you look at what like they said was normal child rearing like do you ever talk to your mom about like probably or your dad like how crazy their parents probably were well I 
<clears throat> I saw um, firsthand how crazy. Oh yeah, because your granddad. Yeah, yeah, but my um, my dad's grandparents were foreigners, so. Uh huh. So what Cuba, is that? So uh, I was. You didn't know him, or you just mean like I didn't get to see him um, alive, but I uh-huh. heard stories, and they lived a very poor life, but my dad grew up very happy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I mean, if 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 you end up happy, I, the the more the more I the older I get, the more it's like when I don't have money, I'm just like, okay, it's like money may not give you peace, but it, at some level, it does make you happy. Like if I can't buy food from a grocery store, exactly. like I turn into the worst version of myself. Exactly. Like having no money is the root of all evil. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like nobody does. I mean, yeah, you got these business criminals, you know what I mean, who are, like, smoking Cubans and driving speedboats, but then, like, you know, with the same token, I don't know. You, the people who have, like, no money usually or who bad neighborhoods, the windows are barred, you know? <laughs> yeah, bro, I dig it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, yeah. So, we, uh, are we wrapping up soon, or? So, yeah, we're about to wrap it up. Yeah. Um, so, basically... That was uh, relationships and anxiety today. More so relationships where we went on a few tangents. Yeah. Um, we're going to set up that email. We're going to have that for you by next episode. So we're going to shout our email out throughout the show. Email us with any questions or topics you want us to touch on in the future. Um, if you feel like you can come in here and tell it better than we can, we'll be open to suggestions. We'll have you as a guest. I'm David Lucas with my co-host, Matt Jones. Matty J, Matt Jones. The Stressed Out Podcast, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Sounds great. Have a good week. Drive safe. Keep your anxiety and your stress levels down. Breathe. Eat right and exercise.
keep your anxiety and your stress levels down. Breathe, eat right, and exercise. And make sure you do yoga. And have plenty Diamond of Dallas Page sex. yoga. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you All right, guys. guys. <laughs> Au revoir.